and, and now the cold open is gone. I pasted in a completely unrelated track at the playhead, way down the track. It wasn't even near it. And that somehow eliminated my cold open, which was really good. Anyway, here's the cold open. Lick my fucking balls, garage band. Crushes your whole block. Dow Jones, milestone, genuine short shot. Street smart, sweet park. You never want none. The beef starts, beef starts, airing them out. Run. I don't get down with bitches and the crooked shady bitches. Crushes your whole block. Dow Jones, milestone. And last night I encountered a frog on my sidewalk. A big, big boy. About the size of my fist. Completely passive. I stepped over him four or five times while I was bringing things in from the car. He just didn't budge. Still there when I came out and took several flash photos of him at close distance. Didn't move. And he only would move when I when I left. Sometimes I'd come out and he'd just be farther down the sidewalk. Just, anyway, frogs. I don't know their agenda. This is Typhus the Traveler. Breakup Gaming Society, home of America's least responsible board game group, or in this case, board game guy, as I don't know where my co-hosts are. I don't know where my editor is. If sound quality is kind of strangely uh, aberrant from uh, segment to segment, bear with me. I'm, I've been sitting here for two weeks just trying to teach myself how to edit this thing, because Obviously, I have to, because when you make a show with fuck-ups, for fuck-ups, by fuck-ups, well, surprise, surprise, guess who's left there to pull the wagon? It's me, but we are going to do board games, booze, and hip-hop. I recorded in different times with different people. Uh, the Allfather and I sat down with my parents, who visited the Southern Command Post, and we drank some tequila, and they were actually a hoot. Then I got on Zoom with my cousin Justin in New Jersey. He is going to tell you uh, about a cooperative trick-taking game called The Crew. And then this part always goes right because I have great taste. We're going we're gonna to talk about a, a golden era hip-hop track. But yeah, here we go. Coming up, Drink of the Week with Typhus the Traveler. Drink of the Week. Welcome to uh, Drink of the Week. Um, this is Typhus the Traveler, here with my Trinidad, Colorado, Southern Command Post, new, fresh, clean co-host. Howdy ho there, it's your boy, the Allfather, once again, joining in for some drinks and debauchery, as we normally do on the on the show. And, and this is special, those of you um, who have taste and endurance may remember back to episode 25, the title of which is called... My mom is better at reviewing whiskey than I am. Uh, it was the height of COVID. She was a sport, and she got on the phone with me, and we each tasted two different bourbons at the same time. And I'm pretty good with a metaphor and a descriptor, but she has the ability. She can parse her, her palate. She can parse a taste or a smell like an English professor could a sentence. That's why... Um, they're back, and we haven't killed either of them yet. Um, the olds are here, a.k.a. Do, do you have a stage name? Huh? Stage? <laughs> the stage left already without me? <laughs> <laughs> I would expect nothing less. And, 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 of course, the moms is here. So what we have in front of us, and, and because uh, it was such fun, um, 
I bought a, a bottle. It turns out it's a, a liter. One of my favorite places to buy liquor is when I'm back north in Colorado Springs. Mm, yeah. That's north to me. <laughs> it's still southern Colorado. But uh, downtown Fine Wines and Spirits owned by a gentleman named Gregor. And I'll walk in and, and I'll ask him for his recommendations on things. I was like, I need a decent fifth of tequila today, but I cannot spend 50 or $60 on a really nice Añejo, which means aged. But so he guided me to this. And I just realized today, this is not a 750. This is a liter of tequila arete. It's 100% agave. It's reposado. That means rested. And I read the label earlier. It's made in Jalisco. And I've never had it. So the four of us are just going to take a nip and see what happens. May you fight long and well. Oh. Here, here. Salute. That um, is that's a good reposado, in in, in my experience with reposados, um, it's very light. It's light body, but am I the only one who's getting a, like a spice spicy burn the whole way through, or is that just me? Citrus. <clears throat> do do no, go citrus. on. Well, the front is cough syrup. That's the first taste on my palate. Cough syrup. And then it mellows into a citrus taste. Robert? I, I thought it was nice. <laughs> <laughs> Cough syrup, then citrus. Um. You know, wood, wood, wood on fire. Very oaky. Help. Yeah. Help, yeah. Any, uh, any impressions from you, homie? Well, it smells like tequila. It tastes like tequila. Well, I should hope so. But it's a it's a dang good tequila. Like we were saying, it goes down light. It doesn't hit you hard. And as old mother <laughs> touched on, it's got that because you said the olds. I was just going. I don't know, man. Call me if you so, want. Uh, I have no she idea can't what's hear going anything on. Yeah. Oh, savage! Anything you want. Ah, old father coming in with the jokes. Zut. <laughs> With the tequila, we're looking at it's light bodied. It's it is it's, it is citrusy. I would get I would I would agree with the citrus. You don't get cough syrup. The cough syrup, not too much. No, yeah. Like I think that just kind of is the front of most tequilas. Personally, that you once you get past that, like it doesn't hit like the way a normal tequila does. That cough syrup, I I'm go, I'm just gonna guess that that what you're experiencing is cough syrup. But I think what you're actually getting there is the agave. Hmm. That's paragoric. When we were kids, and remember, Robert, when we were kids and had stomach upset, our parents gave us paragoric, and it had, like, cocaine or meth in it or something, and it really s- settled our stomachs. Tell, me more, about, <laughs> tell me more about your parents. Because <laughs> <laughs> I never experienced this. Paragoric? And, and first of all... Uh, I was in labor with Nathan for 46 hours. Oh, they doped you up with some like old school over the counter narcotic stuff that probably isn't made anymore. Paragoric. Paragoric. This ta- that's it. Forget that's the, the cough syrup. It's paragoric, which is a little more <clears throat> golden and liquid than cough okay. syrup. Uh, I-, I thought it really had a, a nice aftertaste and. It went down. I have, I, have, I have a mellowness now in my throat, which I find very pleasant. Okay. It's not harsh. 
I like it. And you have a troubled esophagus, so this is really good news. Don't get personal. <laughs> no, I would definitely agree with that, all father, um, old father. I'm the old father, my bad. <laughs> I would definitely agree with you on that point. It does, it does go down very smoothly, and that's that. I think we can all agree with the tequila arete that it it is a smooth tequila. Okay, but all naked like this. What is it supposed to be served with? Your bloodstream. Oh my, no. I'm thinking yeah, what, she's what, pardon me, no. enjoy, what do you eat with tequila? I mean it's like So the actually lime? The the the, 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 the the whole like rim salt lime thing chilled and dressed, yeah. To, to me that's another way of saying I can't afford good tequila. Um however, uh and of course there are lots of good cocktails you can make with tequilas. Um, but I, I like the flavor enough to where I just like them neat room temperature in a glass just so I can feel the flavor unpack. However, um, once I was at a restaurant in Santa Fe and they had uh, tequila and mezcal flights. I'm talking like whole pages of stuff I'd never heard before. Mm-hmm. And I ordered two of them. And uh, so as palate cleansers, they'd serve it with um, shots of tomato juice and also wedges of orange uh, dusted in salt and chili powder. Wow! But just to, uh, yeah. but that was just a, something to bite in between shots. And in, in my opinion, you can find no end of of things you can mix with a tequila and and mm-hmm. or or a mezcal and make a good cocktail. But being that I we I haven't had a tequila in a while and I've never had this brand, I wanted to taste it on its own and I wanted you to. Thank you. Uh, you you all mm-hmm. to, uh, to just experience it as well, and that's what we freaking did. The more I drink, the more I like it. <laughs> That's usually how alcohol works, love. <laughs> Game of the week. Just so we don't get stuck on the musty items on my board game shelf, once in a while, we like inviting some of the young bloods on and seeing what they're playing. I was talking to Justin earlier, and you said that your game of the year so far is something called The Crew. Uh, yeah, um, this is, uh, this has been an interesting game. You know, what's hilarious. The first time I played this with my group, they hated it. And they were like, we're never playing this again. And, uh, like the next time that we had a, gr- a group going, they, they were like, all right, we'll just try it one more time. And, and it actually turned out, it actually turned out that we played it wrong. And, uh, that's why we hated it. Um, that's standard. I find that especially even with a, a simple party game, you can miss a rule or a mechanic that. Screw the pooch, and you got to play it again. Have you ever played Terraforming Mars? No, that's like one of like the big Euro hot list things that people have been yeah. they've been talking about that and Wingspan for like three years. Yeah, I, I own Wingspan. Wingspan's fun, but uh, just a quick story about Terraforming Mars. Right, the way you earn victory points is by terraforming Mars. Right, by raising the temperature, doing the oxygen. The first time I played that with my group or, you know, the guy taught it to us and he, um, he neglected to read the rule about like you move up on the victory point track every time you terraform Mars. So the game was over and like, I had two <laughs> points and, it, and like the guy, had one, the guy next to me had one point and some guy had zero points. Yeah. So that was fun. <laughs> yeah, and like, and it was, it was one of those things where like at the end of the game, you're just like, we were definitely supposed to get points for terraforming the planet, right? This is literally called fucking terraforming Mars. 
Right? <laughs> oh my God. And <laughs> nobody got points. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. yeah. Um, one of our favorite games in my old household was chaos in the old world. And I played, and because of the way we were doing uh, the victory points, I had a character that never won. And usually I like to learn on my own, but I started going online after my sixth try of not even being in the running, started reading strategy guides. And, and when the, only when I vented my ex, uh, frustration on a forum, did somebody say, uh, dude, you don't double click the wheel for that trigger point. I'm like, Oh, and then voila, it was a good game. So um, let's say, uh, let, let's let's do the elevator pitch here. You and I are both in the holding cell um, awaiting arraignment. And you go, hey, bro, have you ever heard of the crew? And I'm like, what's that? And so what, so what I'll tell you, right? So this is this is the box, right? It's, it's really small. Um, it's the, uh, what is it? It's the, the, it's the Kenner Spiel, actually, for, for 2020. Oh, game, uh, that, oh that's like, the uh, prestigious uh, game of the year, right? Yeah, yeah. It's the it's the game. It was the yeah the German game of the year. It's like they have like three they have three levels. The ones like the heavy, ones like the medium, and ones like the the kids game. This mm-hmm. is like the middle one, the Kenner. Um, and you know the elevator pitch for this one is say I say this is a filler game that you're going to want to play as like the main course once like your group gets together, right? I would say it plays perfectly with four, right? It seems to be designed around four. Uh, and, you know, three is possible, I, I believe. I actually don't know if five is possible right now. Um, but I believe it is. But, like, it's definitely um, it's definitely designed around four players. And it's a, it's a, co- it's a cooperative trick-taking game, right? So you all win as a table or you lose as a table. Okay. And... Um, there is a the game comes with the rule book at the back of the rule book are is are the missions right and the missions basically just tell you how you're going to play each one and then you, when you finish a mission record it and then you move on to the next one and there's 50 and i've pl- i've probably played this for like seven hours with my group and we're on like mission like uh we're on mission uh 15 oh meaty and and by the way i gotta know what what were they, what was your group telling you? What were they giving as the reasons they never wanted to touch it again? What did you, what did you F up? Okay, so um, for those, for anyone who's actually played the crew, they'll realize why this is totally grain barracking. But like the way it, like you kind of have to describe how it goes, but essentially the way it goes, right. Is that like in the beginning of the game, there's the, there's basically two decks of cards in this. There's a smaller one and the bigger one. Right. And then in the beginning of the game, depending on what the mission is, we'll just say one person gets one of these cards. Meaning like if you you will win the mission, if you win the trick that has the blue six. Right. Notice that that's the blue six. Right. And the way that you win a trick, the commander starts or whoever starts the trick. Right. Um, plays a card. And then and, that's, and that's sorry. Just and just for flavor and context, um, sure. is, is, is the crew a, a criminal enterprise? Or is this a heist or something or oh, it's, it's uh, the crew? The quest. Oh, for, oh it's uh, like a crew in space of a ship. Okay. Right, right, hold on. And I, I, I do need to mention something. The the mission book has full-blown lore. I mean, you're literally playing a fucking card game, right? But it's there's like lore. So like you'll finish a mission and it'll say some shit like you are nearing completion of the preparation phase. These last training phases are focused on the recalibration of the control modules, right? So like you can get into this if you want to. Okay, the, do you I, find that, that that kind of setting and that kind of flavor helps you all get into character as you play, or or is, or is it just become mechanical after a while? I mean, I would say like in like a in a funny sense, I try to like include the theme, right? But like 
no one's going to buy this for the theme, right? It's that like, it's, there are some games that I have in my collection that are just pure theme. I actually recently just, um, I got Nemesis. Are you familiar with that one? I have seen the buzz, watched it pop up in a lot of my feeds. I know a lot of people are after it, but that's all I know. Yeah. It's like that game is like all theme, right? It's got these fucking ridiculous five inch miniatures that are like the perfectly sculpted with alien. Like this is two decks of cards, right? That's space themed. Yep. I would give I would give the theme on this one a, a like a two out of ten. Um, Makes if I sense. Rate it, but who cares, right? The fact that there is a theme and it's not just numbers is is you know is is good. And and actually, I'd like to compare notes because over the winter, my girlfriend and I learned uh, Fox in the Forest duet, which is a cooperative trick taking game. Yeah, and I, um, we. Uh, got our heads about around it pretty fast and uh, took it on a weekend trip once and played the shit out of it. I've heard good things about that one. I actually have not played it though. And this, this was my first foray into trick taking. Um, what was this game? You know, I was just looking for a filler game and I heard about this one and I picked it up. So tell, um, go ahead. Sorry. But the, you asked how we fucked it up the first time. Well, the short and sweet as it is, is that the first time we played it, we thought whoever the so you deal out these cards. There's forty of them, so everyone gets uh, ten cards, and whoever the commander is is the one that has the number four rocket in their hand, right? That's the commander, right? They get like some fucking token, and then they're the ones that start the trick, right? Um, we thought, or I'll say I incorrectly thought, right, based on my quick reading of the rules, that the commander needs to always start the trick, no matter who wins. Uh, no, no matter who wins throughout the round. So that, I mean, that's completely game breaking, right? You literally, you can almost never win a mission if that's, or like you okay. get soft blocked. Um, but it's actually who won the previous trick is the one who starts the next trick. So you basically start a trick by the, whoever's the first player, right? Either it's the commander, if it's the first round, whoever won the last trick, they'll play a card in, in the middle of the table, right? So like, let's just say it's like the six, the blue six, um, that's the suit. Blue is the suit. Um, and the next player has to play something, right? If they have a blue, they have to play it. Right. And if they don't have a blue, they can pretty much play whatever they want. And that goes around to every player until, um, the last player plays their card. Whoever played the highest blue wins, wins the trick. And if it had the card, if it had the card that you needed, right? Like, let's say like the six, let's say I needed the six and I played the, I, I played this six and there was no uh, higher blue card played. I would win the trick and we would win, win the mission. That's essentially the game. Oh, and that, oh, and that, oh, and that triggers game end. Well, that would be, that would be the round, right? But that would be, that would be a very, very simple, like the missions themselves, the, the, the magic of the game is the missions. So like, um, additionally, you're not allowed to talk about what's in your hand, obviously. Right. Mm-hmm. Because that would completely break the fucking game. Yep. But what you are allowed to do is that you have this you have this token. This is called the communication token, right? And you're allowed to do this before a trick is played and in between tricks are being played. And you can put this, you put this token on the top. You, you put this card down, right? This one face up in front of everybody. You put this token on the top, the middle, or the bottom. If you put it on the top, it means that this is the highest card of this color that I have. Meaning this would be fucking impossible for a one for obvious reasons right like this can't be like one can't be the highest yellow that i have right but um you put it in the middle meaning it would be the only one that i have or if i put it on the bottom it means it's the lowest one that or the, the lowest yellow that i have 
Interesting. So, so it's a, it's a nonverbal cue and the only way by, by which you're allowed to give hints. Exactly. Uh, and there's actually some missions where like, now if, if that card doesn't apply to any of those three, if it's not the top only or lowest card that you have, you're not allowed to communicate it at all. Right. Um, but there are some missions where it literally says things like you can communicate, but you can't put the communication token on it. Right. So you can put it down you need to apply to those three things, but you can't say what if it's your top uh, lowest or only. Um, and that's some of the ways that the mission sort of like. And, and that 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 facet is interesting. Uh, and it is it is kind of thematic because you can almost, almost picture a, a harried character fighting their way to an intercom to try, try to relay some crackly message. What did he say? He said, right. got in the oven. Hold on. That, that's it's funny that you bring that up because. The, the actual lore in the game actually does talk about that, right? When you when you go on these missions, you see, if you see like that symbol with the communication token with the question mark, that means you have limited communication, like I just said. Oh, nice. Okay. And so In, in yeah, the story, okay. it says like, you guys are in a dead zone, right? And you can't like, you're having trouble communicating with one another, right? Um, so there you go. So, so do, do, do the all the missions are they su- uh, supposed to form a some sort of narrative tapestry, or do you just do them in order and that's that? No, yeah, we, yeah. There's a narrative there, right? If you read it, um, some of the I'll, I'll be honest, some of the some of the people in my group like they they don't even want me to read the lore. They're just like, just tell me what the fucking rules are for this mission. <laughs> get, but, you know, get, get, give me I, the parameters and let's go. <laughs> right, exactly. But like, I like to, you know. Uh, you know, I, I find the lore kind of funny because, uh, like I said, it's uh, the the theme is. I don't really, you don't really, I don't feel like I'm f- feeling the theme when I'm playing a card game about like winning the highest card. But the, I, I think the the lore, you know, I, it, it it helps add a little bit of flavor to it. I that, think it's that was our yeah, that was our experience with Fox in the Forest duet too. You're supposed to be uh, helping each other collect gems from a forest that's closing in on you as you speak. And if you bump into the edges of the path too many times, you lose or, or you have to find the gems in time. But honestly, you're you're completely soaked into the mechanics of it. And I, I don't know. It could, it could be anything. Yeah. Let me um, let me let me let me tell you about something I also think is pretty funny about this. The game comes with these cards. Right. They're totally they're blank cards. Right. Both uh, front and back. And these are supposed to be cards that you put in your hand when you when you put your communication token down. Right. So like like let's say like this is my hand. Right. And I put I, I put the 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 purple eight down and I'm saying I'm communicating that I'm supposed to put this thing in my hand to remind myself that that eight is there. Right. That I have an eight on the table and uh, my group, you know, a, a, a bunch of proud fucking 30 year olds. Right. They'd be like, I don't need that shit. I'm going to remember. I'm going to remember that I have this eight on the table. I'm not going to put this in my thing. But this has become a theme with us because we'll lose games. Because the guy that had this card in front of them communicating forgot that that was in their hands, right? And they could play it at any time. So we like this is this has become like a thing that we enforce amongst each other. When you communicate, we'll throw you this, right? It'd be like, put this in your fucking hands so that you remind yourself you have you have this thing on the table. I don't need no damn safety goggles. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And then that character enters enters the next scene with an eye patch on. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> cool, man. Well, uh, I, I'm certainly intrigued by that. It, uh, I, I've been doing a, a, I don't know if you've list, been listening lately, but 
been getting some folks down here in Trinidad to come to the microphone. And uh, my new recruit loves Space Hulk Death Angel, which is a cooperative card game. And it was yeah. interesting what you were saying about the the comms thing, because in, 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 De- in Death Angel, uh, you pick action cards for each of your teams that, that you're commanding. And you're not allowed to talk about the cards in your hand, although you are allowed to talk about objectives. It's kind of a, a you can't say, hey, you play attack and I'll play shield. But you can say, hey, it looks like so-and-so is in an awful lot of trouble up there. But mm-hmm. that's as far as it should go. So uh, it's interesting to see how other designers treat that way of making sure that, yeah, you don't just win it uh, walking away because you're not playing right. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Well, cool. Um, uh, Justin, thank you for uh, being a part of the, uh, the Breakup Gaming Society family and of our family. And uh, thank you for coming on and, and giving us a little flavor of the cooperative trick-taking game called The Pledge. Or <laughs> The Crew. <laughs> yeah, whatever. It's been a pleasure. Thank you so much. Have a good one. Uh, adios, my friend. Track of the... Get this barbershop quartet bullshit out of here. What the hell yeah, is this supposed to be a damn Geritol boy band you got going on bullshit. here? That is kind of stupid. Fucking Next. Garbage. Relax and take a seat. Oh, sit God. back and play the beats and blast it in your Jeep. Oops, it's the track of the week. I'm ratchet in the streets. Talk trash to the geeks. Get smacked in the beat. It's the track of the week. Typhus the Traveler back for track of the week. Thank you, Dow Jones, for correcting us in the middle of our misguided attempt at a hip-hop intro. Anyway, today we're going to feature a rapper I love. And I think for a time in the late 80s, one of the very, very best on the mic. That would be Mr. Chubb with two Bs, Rock. Uh, Big dude. um, Grew his fan base. He kind of was incubated in the, the black frat scene. Uh, a lot of it, you know, his like sort of fan, his launch pad was, was, was that culture. I think you can double check me on this. I think he was a pre-med student at Howard university and then was like, F this, I'm going to be a rapper. And I'm sure glad he did because there are lots of dinguses who can tough it out through medical school, sit with you for the allotted 15 minutes and then write you a prescription of whatever stuff, to, you know, uh, or, you know, uh, specialist, you know, referrals, you know, whatever, you know, uh, Eli Lilly rep took him golfing last. Oh, you need this. I'm just kidding. I don't, I don't mean to simplify the medical profession, but it's a long way of saying that Chubb Rock gave us something special on the mic. And the, the song we're going to sample today briefly is You Bad Chubbs. Off uh, and the winner is with Chubb and Hitman Howie T. I think it was his first album, but don't hold me to that. But um, he had a, a wit about him and was agile. And and when you survey the landscape of all the talented talented people on the microphone from across hip hop landia, I think in, in in retrospect, Chubb's work still stands up. Here are a few bars. I'm Chubb Rock Rising, and I'll break your leg. And I'm more than a 40 ounce, I'm more like a keg. And I'm the big dipper, raping like Jack the Ripper. And if you want the proof, the proof is in my liquor, so you knew it and you blew it. Let's get to it, gonna run you over with around, it's like a big Buick. And since you think it's slender, slap you with the fender, bind you a grind you a grind you up in a blender. And then I serve you with coffee and cake. Oh damn, I should have had a V8. 
that was just a little bit of chub rock style rhyming. And I'm also going to play you just a bit of the chorus. I love those songs where they don't even you know, bother doing much on the chorus except letting the beat run because the beat's good. I like this because it's got that uh, neat, that sharp snare that's immediately followed by that, uh, that, that clap. And if you know your late 80s stuff, you'll will also hear they're looping a snippet of the, the very first few seconds of I'm Bad by LL Cool J, where LL winds up by going, oh, they, they, snip, they snip a piece of that. And, and to me, it makes the whole chorus very effective. Here you go. it that was a couple couple slabs from the chubster the great one love that fucking rapper um this has been breakup gaming society uh, if if you like our tastes curious about more uh, golden era underground stuff weird shit that was on the mic by all means uh, go find our spotify playlist um breakup gaming society we also keep a second playlist called um uh, i think it's 100 mandatory golden era tracks by order of the imperial inquisition or some such shit but i thank you for listening thanks for bobbing your head along as as we wrap up this grab bag of segments that were recorded in different places and times and with different people but uh all of you are cherished talk to you soon may you fight long and well